Ah, yes, we're all back together. The band is back together. And one of my favorites, oh, Pierre Maguire coming up next. Good day today. I'm a Pierre Maguire fan. I just can't stop. He travels around, a man about town. This is what he's got. And what you need to know, we've got him on our show. Sing, hey, hey, mommy, you know Pierre Maguire's on. Now this feels a little comfortable. This feels like normal. This feels like back to life as I get to talk to my good friend, Pierre Maguire. Good morning, Pierre. Mike, good morning to you. Hello, Dave. Hello. Well, I hope you had a good summer, my friend. Uh, I know uh, with the travel that you have during the year, it's just at times horrific. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the insano travel agency, what you got to do. And finally, you get to see your family. But I'm guessing, I am guessing there was also a little hockey mixed in there, including something uh, probably to do with your son as well. Oh, yeah, a lot of hockey, a lot of great stuff, uh, a lot of rowing. My daughter's really into the rowing scene now, so I spent a lot of time on the side of Riverbank, the Long Island Sound, watching her row. So I had, a, I had a real good summer. Grew up in Canada for a couple of weeks at our home up in uh, Quebec, and it was a great time. We got to see a lot of friends, Mike and Dave, but i got to tell you, the weather wasn't particularly good. So all in all, it was a fantastic summer and excited to get back on. Well, I think a lot of people here, certainly in in Toronto, excited because of Mike Babcock, who I'm actually going to talk to for the first time today. I haven't had a chance to talk to him since he's been in town. So around 8.20 this morning, I'll get a chance to talk to the man who, at times, I've described as our, our version here in Canada and certainly in our sport, of what I believe Coach K is to basketball, which is you know one of the truly respected great minds uh, in in his sport. So much so that it, it wouldn't matter whether it was amateur or your national program, he's a guy that gets so much respect. Anybody will play for him, and that to me, because it's not a roster that doesn't look a whole bunch different here in Toronto, but obviously behind the bench, uh, uh, miles different. I love what you just said because he's very similar to Coach K in terms of his approach in terms of the development of players, in terms of the professionalism that will bring to the program. Um, there'll be a lot of structure. There'll be a lot of high organizational standards. What this is going to be, I think anyways, Mike, early on and Dave, it's going to be a test to see how the young ones respond. I think as you get older in your career, you are what you've been over the course of your first five to seven years. But I think this becomes a test for Nazem Kadri. I think this becomes a test potentially for William Nylander. This becomes a test for Jake Gardner. This becomes a test for Morgan Riley. These are the future, at least if you're a Leafs fan or player or coach or management person, these are the players that you hope will be part of the promising future for your group. And how they're going to respond to Mike is going to be interesting because I, I remember watching Mike go into Detroit and it was players like Datsuk and Zetterberg and Cronwall. And those were the players that they were building their program around, and those guys responded to Mike's message. They really did. They responded well. And they passed the test easily. And now it'll be interesting to see how some of these players in Toronto do. Yeah, and, and you know, I think what is interesting is there's a lot of people probably in this city who, when you talk about the message, and you would say names like uh, Morgan Riley and, and Jake Gardner, so what is that message going to be? There are times, I think, where you look at a Jake Gardner and you see the physical uh, upside. You see the skill set. And then there's almost a question at times about hockey IQ. What is, yep. the, what is going to be that one thing that is, is the, 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 the finger, the thumbprint, the, the actual sort of mark that is left by a guy like Mike Babcock? The professionalism and the level of expectation every time you come to the rink. 
You can't have one good day and one bad day. Scotty Bowman had the best description of this. Don't be an A player one night and a D player the next. Be a solid B. And if you're a solid B, you're going to, more times than not anyways, you're going to start to move towards A rather than slip towards D. At least that was his approach, and it worked really well. Scotty also had another thing. When you're coaching a team, your responsibility is to make everybody be the best they can be, but you need to elevate your stars. You have a responsibility as a coach to create the very best opportunity for your star players to thrive. And when we talk about the young ones that we just talked about in Toronto, those guys, if Toronto's going to uh, expedite this rebuilding in a quicker fashion, those younger ones are the ones that are going to have to elevate pretty quick. We're in conversation with Pierre Maguire this morning here on TSN 1050. Mike Richards in the morning. Pierre, uh, I have to ask you this. Is Mike Babcock going to adopt the same sort of grooming uh, circumstances he had in Detroit where some of these younger players, and there are a lot of younger players on this Leaf roster, will will take time in the American Hockey League and maybe over-groom before you see him with the big club? Or will there be a temptation to get these guys up playing pro against the, the heavyweights? I don't know if Mike's going to be making those decisions. I think Mike will have a say, obviously, but with Lou Lamorello going there, he's a lot of what Detroit is. Lou Lamorello, they used to have a thing in New Jersey called Lou U, where players would very seldom make the NHL. They'd have to go to Albany, or they'd have to go to Lowell, or they'd have to go to Utica. And Marty Brodeur started his career in Utica, New York. You know, if you look at it, very few devil players have ever broken into the devil's organization without playing a game in the American Hockey League. So they called it Lou Yu. You had to pay your apprentice fee. Um, the same thing, obviously, in Detroit, where it was overripe rather than underdeveloped. So I do think they would prefer to have players go to the American Hockey League and learn that way. But part of the deal here, Dave, I think more than anything else, because you do have these young ones, they're in a situation that's a little bit different than in Detroit. In Detroit, you had established professionals like Steve Eiserman teaching leadership skills or Nick Lidstrom teaching leadership skills or Chris Draper teaching leadership skills. I don't know if you can say you have the same infrastructure in Toronto right now. I think management and coaching staff know that. So they've got a bigger responsibility to play as management people and coaching staff to teach those uh, important messages of leadership and professionalism. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 easy for those that want to put the blueprint on a new organization that is taken from another one, but but it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it does transfer. For instance, I wonder if the Leafs are more in a situation where you look at, oh, maybe, maybe what a Calgary has done. Are they closer to that in what they maybe want to get to than they are a Detroit franchise? The one thing that Calgary, and I love that you said that, Mike, the one thing Calgary did last year that I think blew everybody away was the energy they played with virtually every night. They had an organizational footprint and an identity. They were hard to play against because they were fast and they were hard on the puck. Didn't mean they were the best team. Didn't mean they had the most skill. But that that was what when you played Calgary, you knew that's what you had to be prepared for. That's something Toronto needs to get to. What are they going to be? What is their identity as a team going to be on the ice? I'm not talking about off the ice, on the ice. What's their identity going to be? And if they can formulate an identity quickly, maybe they can get to that Calgary level. 
Now, when you look at uh, how this year is going to transpire, and again, because we don't know exactly what that Patrick Kane situation is, uh, that will play out itself in uh, in a completely different arena. Uh, do you think even within that organization, when you have like a Jonathan Taze, which I think is is paramount when you're looking to to move ahead, uh, does this affect them one way or the other? If you're uh, you know Coach Q and you're trying to plan for this year. How much of a disruption, one way or the other, and again, we're not uh, talking about the situation itself, just a a situation period in Chicago, does it disrupt what you're trying to do as a team? Well, I think any time you have these kinds of situations, it's disruptive. That being said, Chicago is going to be a very difficult team to play against uh, because of what you talked about, the leadership of Jonathan Taze. But people forget with Brandon Saad going away, it allowed our team in Isimov to come in. It allowed Marco Dano to come in. Uh, it allowed them to go out and get a real um, tough, physical, grinding winger like Ryan Garbett. Uh, they've changed a little bit of their dimension. They've got a brilliant young Russian player coming over in our team, uh, Panarin, who's a tremendous talent. Um, they're, they're still a very good team. They're going to be tough. I was talking to somebody yesterday, a friend of mine, about the NHL and, and this season. As good as I think Chicago is and, and as deep as, as some of the other teams are, especially in the West, I look at a team like Winnipeg, if they could ever find a way to break through, oh. that could steamroll some people. Um, and, and I look at a team uh, in the East, and I know people are probably saying, what, really? I look at a team like Buffalo, mm. uh, who have improved tremendously in a short period of time. These are teams that... Maybe can't win the cup, but they could cause some serious damage. Serious damage. Well, Pierre, you just woke me up this morning <laughs> with that uh, positive reinforcement there. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Now, you know, just just touching on Winnipeg because I know we got to go right away. Uh, right. Top of the clock, we have Dougie Gilmore, Wendell Clark in studio. Right. Uh, does a guy like Nick Ehlers get a chance with this club, with the Winnipeg Jets, considering that they have a pipeline of great young talent? It's going to be this year situated in the province of Manitoba, both the American Hockey League team and the pro team playing at the same facility. Is he going to get the chance with the big club right off the top? I have to think he will. Uh, I got to think Joel Armia will. Uh, yeah. He came over from Buffalo, who's a gigantic finish forward. Um, Nick Ehlers, I, I think they're in a real good spot to give a lot of young players opportunity to play. Um, Nick Patan is one, is one of my favorites. He's not an overly large guy, but maybe has some of the best hockey sets outside of the National Hockey League. He was great for Ken at the World Junior. He was a really good Portland winter hockey. He's a really, really good player. I think Winnipeg is in a real good spot only because of the internal depth that they have built up. Uh, just before I let you go, Pierre, you know, uh, I still look at the modern age of, of how hockey is played, uh, particularly here in this example in the NHL, how much hockey you got to play. So I look at a team like Tampa Bay. Are, are they able to, 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 to step? I mean, look, they were, they were so close. But when you got to be that fatigued, you know, and, and you have to play that hard, do do they step it up? I think Tampa's going to be really difficult to play against, Mike. They're uh, extremely well coached. They have really good leadership. Um, I know a lot of their guys are really disappointed. I'm really excited to see how Jonathan Drouin responds to this season. I think he's going to be one of those guys that comes in and really has a tremendous year if he's given the opportunity to play. Obviously, he has to create that opportunity to play, but they're 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 going to be very very difficult. See, they've got some players internally that are starting to trend upwards. 
I think one of them obviously is Drew. Another one is JT Brown. Uh, another one to watch is Nestor off on defense, um, who's a very talented offensive player. Uh, Schuster uh, could have a tremendous year. They, they've got some guys internally that are trending upwards. It's going to make them real difficult to play against. Pierre, so great to be back and uh, get a chance to talk to my friend, mon frere, as I like to say. <laughs> I am bilingual, as you know, very yes. very fluent in that in that language. So to, and I'll tell people that tomorrow at 7.15, we're back to our regular time. We're back to our regular yeah. time tomorrow, so we're ready to go, Mike. Great having you back, Dave. Awesome talking to you. And, uh, Please say hello to Dougie and to uh, Wendell for me, too. Great guys. Awesome. Thanks so much, Pierre. See you, boys.